Let's bless this line. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence here this evening. But most of all, Father God, we thank you for your word. Father God, let your word come with clarity. Let it come with purpose. Let it come with a clear direction. Father God, we want to give praise and thanks to all those who have joined us. Bless them, dear Lord. Keep a hedge of protection around them. Keep them safe from harm and we pray. Father of everlasting goodness, in faith and in love, we ask you, Father, to watch over your family gathered here. In your mercy and love and kindness, no thought of ours is left unguarded, no tear unheeded, no joy unnoticed. Through the prayers of Jesus, may the blessings promised to the poor in spirit lead us to the treasures of your heavenly kingdom. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, your Lord. Amen, amen, amen. This evening is might be a little challenging for some, but it is necessary because we're moving forward. And we're moving forward and ignorance is no excuse of the law. No matter how well-meaning we are, you get what you sow into your life. So if you sow ignorance, that's what you will get. So let's see how we could clear up some stuff. Let's see how we could remove some confusion. And let's see how we could have a greater understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and that beautiful, unblemished spirit that dwells within us. Let's see how we can do that. So this is then I want to focus on John. Just John 3, actually. I'm looking for three readers. And uh, let me see. The first reader will be taken from John 3, verses 3 to 9. And the second reader is John 3, verses 10 to 13. And the third reader is John 3, 14 to 15. Let me give you a little example of what we are talking about tonight. Tonight we are talking about the new birth, the Son of Man. We also, and because we are talking about the new birth, the Son of Man, we are going to move into Adam and Eve and in the garden. And the fact that we must be lifted up, we must be lifted up. So even though I am touching Adam and Eve and and the garden and all of that and Moses I am not citing those scriptures I'm not going into Genesis we all know the story this evening I'm going to use the scriptures from the New Testament to explain the Old Testament I'm going to use Jesus words to break down the Old Testament because um, too many of us are taking the Old Testament literally and we missing what God's divine words meant these words that were written in these beautiful books are inspired by God and it's meant to fashion our lives it's meant to make us live a, a nicer life with less difficulty and if life throws some blows it is meant to help us through those blows it is meant for you to live life on earth as beautifully as you can and you will get challenges yes but when you understand God's word and you lean on God's words it will ease you through those challenges you, you will find that this thing isn't there this thing will not be there 
All right, so this is where I want to focus on tonight. Pastor Boyce sent out a letter. So before we get started, I want to read the letter for today. To read the letter for today because it's also it's it's like a lead up into um into what we're going to talk about tonight. It's like a prelude prelude for what we're going to talk about tonight. So let me just read the letter. And the letter said, God God becomes personified through us. God becomes personified through us. And it says, the universe holds nothing against us. The universe holds nothing against us. No matter how many mistakes we have made, we are still perfect beings within. And the within may become the without if we carefully train ourselves to listen to the inner voice of truth which speaks to us in our moments in quietness. He went on to say, There's nothing in the universe that wishes evil to anyone. Indeed, it is only as we experience good that God is expressed through us. The more completely we realize good, happiness, and success, the more perfectly do we express God, and the more of God do we become. That is, the more does God becomes personified through us. As the prodigal son returns to his father's house, so must we return, not with a morbid mind, but consciously, definitely, with direct intent and a complete concentration of purpose. The journey back should be fought with happiness, and joyful expectation for we shall be met with a smile from the universe and shall be folded in the arms of love forever I see that when you're going to your father's house when you're praying it must be fought with happiness joyful expectation none of this lamenting nonsense I don't know where we learned that but we should unlearn it go to your father's house with joy in your heart and happiness and those happiness you will be met with a smile and the universe shall be fold, shall be folded in the arms of love forever then he went on to say I'm stopping here today you may sow a divine blessing seed or your tithes and he give you a number so i'm just going to give you this number and it's 1-800-441-0239 and extension 2 or 1-347-263-8844 extension 2 1-347-263-8844 and extension number 2 
all right so those of you who didn't get the letter that was the letter and it's and it's a it sets a tone for where we are going tonight all right so tonight we're talking about new birth new birth and we're talking about the son of man and we're going to start off with new birth I want to say this though I want to say this since we talk about the father's house I want to say this I want to say that I know we obsess with substance and supply we it seems the um, the activity of daily living the bread and butter issues of life seems to take a whole seems to dominate our lives but I, w- I want to say this substance and supply exists eternally in the father's house it ain't running out it ain't running out don't be frightened it's not running out substance and supply exists eternally in the father's house health happiness and success are native to the heavenly home like how sun and rain is native to the caribbean like how the ocean is native to the caribbean so is health happiness and success and native like how snow is native to north america you come to north america in the winter you will expect snow well guess what in your father's house expect health and happiness and success because it is native to 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 the heavenly home and god shall be our host god himself will be our host more we could not ask for more we could not be given than that which have been given from the foundations of, of our heavenly father from the foundations of this universe now this other part of life that we seem to focus a lot on this called misery and happiness those are the results of misuse of our true nature our true nature as i said health happiness and success are native to our heavenly home it is native it is part of it part of our of of it you will expect it in the heavenly home you don't even have to worry you don't even have to actuate it it's going to be there like you spend a winter in ottawa you're going to get snow you don't have to ask or pray for it it's coming coming whether you prefer it whether you want it or not it's coming well same way happiness health success and native to our heavenly home whether you want it or not it's there it's coming but this thing about discord and misery and happiness those are results of a misuse of our true nature the results of ignorance ignorance of the law causes no one excuses no one from its effects so if you put your hand on the stove you're going to get burnt so ignorance of the law excuses no one and these discord happiness many times is the results of the misuse of the law whether by you or whether by somebody around you and you get caught up in the whole hemisphere thing the whole environment if it doesn't rain on one house it will rain on yours and your neighbors as well so 
but knowledge closes in seamless robe which wisdom wisdom knowledge understanding all of these things could break us from discord break us from misery break us from happiness so tonight we're talking about the new birth so tonight i'm looking for three readers amen 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 look i'm going on like if i started right i didn't mean to do that excuse me all right uh tonight i'm looking for three readers uh first i'm looking for john 3 verses 3 to 9 and then john 3 verses 10 to 13 and john 3 14 to 15 brother michael god bless you man of god how are you i'm wonderful pastor and uh, you too and everyone on the line the first one brother michael is taking john 3 verses 3 to 9 i need two more readers hey pastor gloria good evening god bless you woman of god i will take john 3 verse 10 to 13. okay Thank you, Prophetess Sayoni. John 3, 20, 13. I need one more reader. Hey, Amen. God bless you, um, Pastor Gloria. This is Prophetess Angela. God bless you, Prophetess Angela. How are you, woman of God? I'm great. I'm better than terrific. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So you're going to do John 3, 14 to 15. Excellent. Thank you. So... Very, very much. God bless you so. All right, all right, all right. So, um, let let me do one little thing. Let me do one little thing. Let's because I really want all of you with a a quiet mind tonight. So before we start reading the scriptures, let me just um, welcome in the Holy Spirit. Let me just welcome in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then we read the scriptures and get started. Let's welcome in the Holy Spirit. So relax your mind from all the day's activities. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We are in your presence. We are in your presence. Fill us with your power. Fill us. Inside of me, live inside of me. Welcome, Holy welcome, Spirit. Holy Spirit. We are in your presence, we are in your presence. Fill us with your power, fill us with your power. Live inside of me. Live inside of me. You're the living water. You're the living water. Never drying fountain. Never drying fountain. Comforter and counselor. Comforter and counselor. Take complete control. Take complete control. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We are in your presence. We are in your presence. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power. 
inside of me. Live inside of me. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's start. Okay, Brother Mike, you was your first up first, John three verses three to nine. Okay, John chapter three verses three, starting at verse three. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, He must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Here ends the reading. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. I wanted to focus. The reason that I bring this because it's all about you understanding the truth of who you are. Except a man be born of water and of spirit cannot enter the kingdom of God and then he went on to say that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit you have to understand who you are amen thank you brother Mike then we have prophetess Ione and she's reading John 3 verses 10 to 13 John 3 verse 10 to 13 Jesus answered and said unto him are thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I said unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our weakness. If I have told you earthly things, and he believe not, how shall he believe? If I tell you of heavenly things, and no man art ascended up to heaven, but he that come down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. The word of the Lord. Amen. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we have prophetess Angela, and she is reading John three fourteen to 15 Prophetess Angela. Amen. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. 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 
All right. Now, I don't want you to be hard on yourself. I want just try and get one thing, one thing from what I'm saying. I don't want you to get. You don't have to get two, three, four, five, six. Just one. And it's not going to. All of this not going to sink in at once. That is why Pastor Boyce is going to do the podcast. And when you get the podcast, listen to it. And you could listen to it over and over again. So once you get the letters, Pastor Boyce's letter, you'll be able to get the link to the podcast. The podcast is free. We're putting it together for free. So you could listen to it over and over. And if it's something, you don't get something, listen again. And until you get the revelation, because the revelation of God's word could only come from within yourself. It has nothing to do with what I say. What I'm saying is, is just trying to lay a foundation. But the truth and the revelation has to come from within you. All right, so let's, let's get cracking. The first reading is taken from Brother Mike. Except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus is referring to the heavenly birth. Nicodemus didn't understand that. But Jesus is referring to the heavenly birth. Which means being born into the knowledge of truth. You're born again. Being born into the knowledge of truth. He refers to that as being born of water and spirit. You get me? Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus is referring to the heavenly birth, which means being born into the knowledge of truth. He refers to this as being born of water and spirit. Now the symbol of water is used to express the idea of a complete immersion in spirit. As water flows in and around, so we are immersed in an everlasting spirit which flows around in and through us. You understand me, somebody? The symbol of water is used to express the idea of a complete immersion of in spirit as water flows in and around so we are immersed in an everlasting spirit which flows around in and through us to be immersed in water symbolizes or a recognition that we are surrounded by pure spirit. Now, let me tell you, let me pause here and tell you something here. The Bible is a wonderful book. And if we could understand all the symbolism that they use, it would be so great. Let me tell you this. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we often first to Jesus 
as the good shepherd. That is not by mistake or accident that you refer that that the Bible refers to Jesus as the good shepherd. When you look at the Lord's prayer, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me in green pastures. He placed a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, it is for us who live all over the world, it's hard to comprehend the full meaning of that. But I went to Africa. I went to South Africa. And I was on a farm where lots of sheep. And I am telling you, the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. Now, some of them had, a, some of the shepherds, they had a little flute that they would blow. The sheep knows the shepherd's voice. And the sheep follow the shepherd wherever he goes. And the shepherd put the sheep in green pastures. The shepherd carried the sheep by the water trough so it could get water. The shepherd is the one who, so by the Bible using Jesus, as the good shepherd using Jesus as as our shepherd the Lord is my shepherd if we know how the relationship between a sheep and a and a shepherd we will understand or put a deeper meaning to those words you won't just say them like a poetry but we will comprehend them more it's not till I saw how reliant they, 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 the sheep are on the shepherd. They rely on it totally for their existence. And true, if one sheep is missing, the shepherd leaves his sheep and he go and find that one and bring it back because the sheep doesn't know to find itself, to come back by itself. It's not like other animals that have the, the, the sense of smell. That's why they didn't use a dog or they didn't use a cat or they didn't... But they use a sheep because of the behavior of the sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. I just, I just want to say that. So the more we understand life and 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 the and the actual application of the things that are used, we will understand more deeply the symbolism. Of, of these various um, items and, and, and animals that are used to represent different things. To be immersed in water symbolizes our recognition that we are surrounded by pure spirit. We are surrounded by pure spirit. It is the outward sign of an inner conviction. You get me? It is the outward sign, it's the outward symbolism of an inner conviction. But water alone cannot make us completely clean or whole. We must be born of the Spirit. For that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. 
you must understand that you are born of the spirit you must understand that you are made in the image and likeness of God and if you could understand that you are born of the spirit that which is born of the spirit is spirit man partakes of the divine nature and the divine nature is man the recognition of this is being born of the spirit but we cannot be born of the spirit unless we do the will of the spirit and the will of the spirit is goodness is peace is mercy is justice and truth it is a con- it is conscious union with god the new birth comes not by observation nor by loud proclamation but through an inner sense of reality we cannot tell where this come from if you look to the outward things as it proceeds from the innermost parts of our own being it comes from within us now the second reading talk and no man had ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven even the son of man which is in heaven here is another of those hidden meaning which places Jesus among the greats teacher of all he said that no man can go to heaven unless he came from heaven and that he can neither go to nor come from heaven unless he is already there now that because that you will have to ponder on that to 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 get the understanding because i am telling you you can't go nowhere unless you're already you're already there if you want to go to a place you have to know where it is you're going and if you know where you're going then you're already there in the spirit we're not talking about physical are you getting me people of god if you want to fly to jamaica you have to know what what you're doing you have to be in Jamaica in your mind before you could go there I'm trying to to get you to understand what Jesus is saying here I'm trying to get you to understand he said only that can return to heaven which was born in heaven and since heaven is not a place but a state of consciousness the return must be a recognition that heaven is already within so let, let, let's back up a little bit here because if you could understand a little bit of this it it will it will be good i know your brain hurts in you but let it hurt jesus is saying he says that no man can go to heaven unless he came from heaven and that he can neither go to nor come from heaven unless he is already there there is 
this is in line with the idea that truth knows neither yesterday, today, nor tomorrow. It knows sequence, but not time. Only that can return to heaven, which was born in heaven, and since heaven is not a place, but a state of consciousness, the return must be a recognition that heaven is already within. The Son of Man, who is also the Son of God, is already in heaven and knows it not. You get me? We are there, but we have no idea because we are not recognizing it. You can't have something until you recognize it. You can only have what you recognize. I know it's tough. That's why we're going to play the recorder. You're going to play the, the podcast so you could hear it and try to understand my craziness. All right. Let's get down now to the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so Jesus tells us, must the Son of Man also be lifted up? All right. Since we read that in the scripture. As Moses lifted up the serpent to the wilderness, so Jesus tells us, the Son of Man must also be lifted up. By looking on and believing in this Son, we are saved. Jesus could not have been referring to his own personality. Hear me now, somebody. Hear me, wake up. Because if Jesus is saying this, what kind of madness is this? So I want you to hear me. Listen. As Moses lift up the serpent to the wilderness, so Jesus tells us the Son of Man also must be lifted up. By looking on and believing in this Son, we are saved. Right? Jesus could not have been referring to his own personality, for he knew that this would soon be taken from the sight of humanity. We must look for a deeper meaning. We must be lifted up. That is, we must realize our divine nature and relationship to the truth of God. This relationship is one of complete unity. The cross represents the tree of life and may also be thought of as of the tree of unity. When Moses lifted up the serpent, those who look upon it were healed. This understanding produced a consciousness of unity which had healing power. The life principle is either is either looked upon as material or spiritual. When looked upon as material, it cast us Castus, C-A-S-T-S, Castus, from the Garden of Eden. 
the garden of the soul. Hear me, somebody. When you look upon it as material, it casts us from the garden of Eden, the garden of the soul. The life principle viewed only as matter is death. But viewed as life and unity, it becomes life everlasting. Moses elevated the life principle and Jesus did the same. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Even as Moses lifted up the life principle symbolized by the serpent. You can't expect to remain the same and succeed. We are reminded here of another symbol. One used in the Old Testament. That of the serpent which cast Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. The serpent meant the outer realm of spiritual existence, the life principle viewed from an isolated and materialistic basis. The worship of material existence apart from God cast Adam and Eve from the garden of perfection. The attempt to live in effects apart from true cause always does this. If you want to think that you could make your life without God and you could work hard, you will kill yourself and the papa. If you want to think that it's your wisdom and your talent alone that could create this, it's God's wisdom. You have to let that infusion, that energy, that purity, that goodness. The story of the fall taken literally would be ridiculous to the point of absurdity. But yet still we do it. Hence it is necessary to look for a deeper meaning. The writer of this Bible story was trying to teach us a lesson. The lesson of right and wrong. The Garden of Eden typifies life in its pure essence. Adam means man in general, generic, a generic man. Man exists in pure life and has all of his agencies at his command. This is the meaning of his being told to till the soil and enjoy the fruits of his labor. The tree of life is our real being and the tree of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil means the possibility of dual choice. That is, we can choose even that which is not good or which is not the best thing for us. We can still choose it. Man is warned not to eat of the fruit of this tree, for it is destructive. Eve the woman in the case <coughs> was made from a rib of Adam. The story suggests 
the dual nature of man as a psychological being. The woman is made from man. She must have been in him, else she would not have been made out of him. And the story clearly states that she was taken from his being. Adam and Eve are potential in in all of us. All of us have an Adam and all of us have an Eve. The serpent represents the life principle viewed from a material basis which beguiles us in this way. He said that evil is as real as good that the evil has equal power with God the negation equal positive goodness and that the universe is dual in its nature from this acceptance of this argument if we accept that argument we express both good and evil and should we come full of it into individuality without having learned the lesson of unity we should live forever in a state of bondage we must learn that we have to unify with that goodness in us because that is the way we get we 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 obtain freedom that is a way we express goodness remember all good things come from god this is the meaning of the of god saying he shall become as one of us and live forever the eternal mind does not wish us to live forever in bondage and that is what will happen unless we first learn the lesson of right and wrong and so that part of us which can be fool eats of the fruit of dual experience and in so doing reveals its own nakedness the native state of man is one of purity peace and perfection and it is only when we compare this with impurity distress and imperfection that we are revealed as naked it is only when virtue taste of impurities that it becomes naked and must hide from itself the voice of god walking in the garden in the cool of the day means that the introspective and the meditative part of us which in the moments of pure intuition and reason see the illusion of a life apart from from god and and or good error is ever a coward before truth it is a coward 
and cannot hide itself from reality. That, that, that stupid thought that's going on in your head is a coward thought and it cannot hide from reality. Which sees through everything, encompasses all, and partakes even the, the poisonous walls of the mind with its clear vision. The conversation between God and Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden represents the arguments that go on in our own minds when we try to realize the truth. These arguments are familiar to all. The expulsion from the garden is a necessary and logical outcome of tasting of dual experience. If we believe in both good and evil, we must experience both. But lest we should become discouraged, we remember that Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness and those who look upon it were healed. The serpent means the life principle viewed from a material basis alone. It casts us from a perfect state. Lift up, that is, viewed from a true meaning of unity of God, it heals. Hear me? Here is the choice again, only stated in different words. The difference is not in the thing itself, but in the way we look at it, in the way we see ourselves, in the way we envision ourselves. The Son of Man is every man who ever lived or, or will ever live. Our life is from spirit and not from matter. This viewpoint is the truth and truth alone makes free. We come into everlasting life as we elevate this inner principle to a sense of the unity of man with God. Each must lift himself to the cross of the tree of life. We have to do it. Nobody could do it for us. Each must lift himself to the cross of the tree of life. Lift yourself up. See yourself better. By so doing, you unifying. You're going to be unifying yourself with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll be unifying yourself with your rea reality. You will be unifying yourself with the truth of who you really are. The concept is glorious and the reward certain. The revelation of self to self, that is the great lesson of all. I don't know if this was helpful for you. I hope you get something from this. I will pause here.
and let me see if you get anything at all I know okay no it's is it tough of course it's tough is it going against what you were told because a lot of you taking the story of Adam and Eve literally it's in the Bible so it's truth it is truth yes but you have to understand the symbolism you gotta understand it you must understand the symbolism Jesus taught in parables yes right and we have to we have to understand Jesus teaching and the Bible the words in the Bible is always there for our edification to, to move us forward so if you're getting any ill know that you're missing the mark somewhere you gotta dig deeper because there's no contradiction in the words of God it is written for a purpose let me just go over Psalm 23 with you again the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want when you see it's hard to understand this until you see this a shepherd and his sheep in action hundreds and hundreds of sheep and they're following this one whistle or this one voice the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want because the sheep trust the shepherd to carry him through the waters to move him out of the sun to put him in the shade to, to, to give him food and when he grow here too much fur to, to, to shave some of that fur out he naked me to lie down in green pastures. He take him out of the sun. He leaves me beside the still waters. He came for waters. He restored my soul. He take off all the hair off of them. He leaded me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He leaded me. He doesn't carry me where other animals could, could attack me. Yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. All he have is a little stick, and sometimes they might have some dogs that running along and to, to, to keep the sheep together. But the sheep, they all stay together. Don't prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. All around, there's all kind of coyotes. There's all different kind of animals waiting to grab one of these sheep. But the sheep don't have to worry about where's food come from, where's shelter come from, because his shepherd is looking after him. Don't prepare a table before me in the presence of sheep. Don't have to hunt. They don't even know how to hunt. They don't know anything. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies in all of this midst. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup run it over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He will dwell in the house of his shepherd forever if we could understand how a shepherd operates and real sheep we will see how beautiful this passage is. How wonderful it is. How the writer interpret God's words so beautifully. 
it is it is off the chain fantastic you will have a deeper love for the word of god you'll have a deeper affection for the word of god you will understand it more explicitly and you will understand the duties of a shepherd you understand the duties of a shepherd and you will be able to and and if you could trust that indwelling christ if you could trust the lord god your savior that god that that dwelled inside of you if you could trust explicitly like the sheep trust his, his master and know that when you go astray he's going to leave the 99 and go for the one bring you back bring you back gently and hold no ill against you don't condemn you don't punish you nothing all this nonsense people put in our heads belittling us make us think less than who we are we have to get rid of it and take back the truth of who we really are we have to know who we are we have to know that we are spirit and we have to know that the son of man is in every man whoever lives and who will ever live our life is from spirit and not from matter and until we understand that explicitly then we see God's hands in our life God's hand in your business God's hand in your family God's hand it is wonderful understand this in the nature in which we want Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So, when we're looking at things materialistic is when we saying we doing this and we doing that and we ain't recognizing the hand of God in it. Jesus wasn't a poor man. I don't know where we get this idea that Jesus was all Jesus was poor. No child of God will beg bread. You beg bread when you think that you need to provide the bread. But if you listen and let the Holy Spirit guide you, let him put the correct words in your mouth. When you're in, a, in, in negotiations with a contract, you don't know what to say. Let the Spirit of God guide you. I write many uh, difficult books. I always remember when they had the derailment in Mississauga. A train derailment and nowhere in Canada was there anything named transportation of dangerous goods and then come they want me to write we have no laws on it nothing on the books but they want me to write some safe procedures for transporting dangerous goods because nobody had. the Americans had the red book one huge big book Sweden had something So those researchers, uh, about six researchers that we could use, had to go in all the libraries that they can't find anything kind of go all over the world. Especially use the American Red Book and use that as my law, as my basis for writing transportation of dangerous goods. And using the international symbolism that is already there. Later on we got women Wemis is based on, on on symbols, recognizing symbols. So you see a symbol, you know what the symbol is for 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 acid and and all those sorts of stuff and it's a it's a series of symbols. But at the time 
We didn't have that. So we had to see in the national table whatever was there. How you think that wisdom comes to me is pure God. Pure God. I know zip. I'm not lying to tell you nothing. My brain blank, blank, blank. One thing I had, one skill I had, I know how to read law. That's it. Doesn't matter. Give me any law book. I know how to read it. There's a, there's a pattern. There's a system to read in law. I know how to read law. That's it. That's all I know. But I don't have any law to read. I don't have anything. And this God just guided me, guiding me. Tell them to do this. Tell them to do that. Tell them to look here. Tell them to look there. And guide me through the development of it. You have to let God, put God in your business. You want to succeed? Give him a part. So, and that's saying, those of you who like to think things literally, and that's saying, um, because when they say materialistic things, they tend to think, oh, you, 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 you must be poor. Nonsense. Nonsense. 